This is Global Ambitions, your 15-minute window into the minds of localization and international go-to-market experts. Discover how they respond to their biggest challenges. Here's today's host. Hi, I'm Antoine Ray, and I will be your host today for this Global Ambitions podcast episode. And my guest today is Julia Tarditi, and Julia is head of global experience at Qualtrics. And today we're going to be talking on how to measure success of your localization approach. Julia, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Great. I'll dive straight into it. So you and I had a conversation and you built a very interesting language data program at Qualtrics, uh, where you're measuring both operational data, but more importantly, measuring how on track you are to becoming a global company and how successful your internal stakeholders are with their international OKRs. Can you tell us about what you've built and explain a little bit? Yes, of course. Our team owns the strategy and governance for how we localize our offering uh, at Qualtrics. So, and of course, delivering to the market products and services that are culturally, contextually and linguistically relevant to prospects and customers and meet their needs is vital for us to be a global success story. We knew, though, that without data, this would only be a, a nice sentence placed somewhere on a team scope description. And so... When we started, the goal was to build the center of excellence from scratch. And one of the pillars was a, a data program. We divided the data that we wanted to track into two big buckets. One was operational, sort of what we call black box data. Mm-hmm. So everything related to once the content enters our ecosystem, what do we do with it? How fast we translate it? How much we spend? How many errors, etc.? How much we pay for? for words. And this is stuff that, you know, our stakeholders may or may not want to hear about. We know that our customers definitely don't care, Mm -hmm. but sometimes people don't realize that your colleagues don't care either. Of course, they're marginally interested that you do the right things and you they have an interest as soon as that content enters your ecosystem, but they don't want to be in the nitty gritty of it. Then the second bucket of data that we knew we wanted to track was data that do matter to our stakeholders. They're the things that our colleagues want to hear about, starting from our peers in the marketing team, mm-hmm. all the way up to the CEO of Qualtrics. What if you get stuck in the lift with the guy and you want to give him your elevator pitch explaining why he pays your salary? And so I guess even within these two buckets, there's two different things you want to track. One is the perennial KPIs. Those don't change very often. They're the things that, and they will be slightly different depending on the type of business you're in. But for us, the things like annual recurring revenue and expansion of, of, of business with existing customers, top spending. And this data is data that we want to track over and over again. Then there's other things that are more contingent and are linked to perhaps company strategy for the next 12 to 24 months, like growing monthly active users or decreasing the number of escalations related to a specific vertical. And we knew that what we wanted to do was doing two things. First, showing a picture of how those data was looking like in English versus non-English markets. Why? Because we wanted to give the organizational leadership a good picture of where we were at in our journey to become a global company 
which also means a global customer base and a global revenue stream, mm -hmm. not just coming out of a single country for as powerful as it can be. The second thing we wanted to do was showing a clear impact of every dollar we were spending in localization. How was it affecting those metrics? Could we find patterns and could we check what metrics were we or were we not moving? For example, one of our localization work streams is directed at making digital marketing events multilingual. And we knew that the goal for those events was pipeline. So we wanted to see does pipeline goes up in non-English speaking markets when we localize and does it go up more or less depending on how we do things localize everything from the get-go, do it with humans, do it with machine, mm -hmm. etc. We knew this were very important talking points because we wanted our stakeholders, we wanted the C-suite to take it seriously. And we also wanted to understand, because the localization function was new at Qualtrics, what we could impact the most. Mm -hmm. And this is something that every team needs to discover for themselves and that only a really good data program can flesh out. Again, you know, bucket one, productivity, internal, black box, doesn't matter to anyone besides yourself and your team and maybe your immediate reporting line. But then there's all this stuff that matters way more because you, your, your company doesn't really pay you to be productive, right? They pay you to be productive because it has an impact on the company's bottom line. On the revenue. Yes. Now, the biggest challenge was not getting people to listen. Because as soon as we had the data points, they were ready to listen, right? We were showing that we were already an international company and that that component was growing. The challenging thing was getting the data out of the various systems. Because I don't know in other companies, but at Qualtrics, we would have different sources of truth for different data coming out of, like whether it's a product data or marketing data or support data financial, they're all in different systems. Mm -hmm. And so although the North Star would be for us to have a dynamic dashboard that calls automatically all of those points and can give you a picture that is live, we are not there. So there is work that goes into updating a static version of that dashboard, pulling in the data that we have chosen, we've cherry-picked across the various systems slicing it through with a language lens. And these cadences could be monthly or fortnightly or quarterly, depending on what we're looking at. It doesn't make sense to look at annual recurring revenue figures every week. Mm -hmm. You would perhaps want to keep an eye on them on a quarterly basis. Usage data, on the other hand, can be a bit more frequently pooled, and then if we want to look at things like pipeline data, we've got to wait, I don't know, 60 days or so after the events. And so it has specific cadence that is dependent on a specific launch. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so this is, this is how we do it right now. It's not perfect. And we're doing things to make it more automated. That's the holy grail for a lot of companies. Like to your point, I think getting the operational data is very easy. You have a TMS and that allows you to measure your suppliers, your translators, to measure your spend and keep finance happy, I guess, to a certain extent. But then like the, that second bucket you're talking about, 
is the difficulty seems for a lot of people is like, where do you get the data? Whose door do you push to get access to the data? And then the second question out of this, once you've managed to gather that data, how much of that do you attribute to localization? Yeah, I don't think you need to attribute it to a single thing. You're just showing it, right? And of course, if you're able to show that if you localize, it moves by X. And if you don't mm. localize, it moves by half of X, then you know all the better. Of course, there may be other things at play. But to me, the localization function has a very big mission, which is to surface this data without necessarily claiming them for yourself but to make aware your colleagues of their existence, of this way of slicing through the data and this way of you know, just helping the organizational leadership to build a habit of looking at this data on a regular basis. No one else is gonna care enough to surface those data because mm -hmm. they will all, at least in the initial stages of a company's maturity, they will all be focused on the English-speaking markets were the biggest market, but it's your mission to surface this data. You just you don't need to claim the success of it, the success in, in how you build the profile of being the leader who brings this stuff to the table, who puts right. the executive in front of this data and says, this stuff matters. I guess... Like I always advise uh, clients, uh, it's not necessarily who do you attribute to, but certainly if you present it, it's going to be attributed to you somehow. So I always advise clients to gather the information, create your dashboard and present it at every opportunity mm -hmm. you have mm -hmm. to your C-suite, to your all hands, to your stakeholders, yeah. whoever that might be. And I think indirectly then it's going to be associated with localization which is what you want to a certain extent exactly so, yeah. great leadership is not claiming yeah right <laughs> yeah and i think i like your idea as well at some stage where you, i believe like you unplugged localization to see how they would react yeah and this is something that i've done at a couple of companies right uh, sometimes to prove that localization does have an impact in the absence of a lot of data points, et cetera. All you gotta mm -hmm. do is pull the plug and say, okay, so let's find two comparable things, whether it's two events or two product launches or two landing pages. For one, we just localize, we go the whole way. And the other one, zero. We launch it across all markets with no localization in place. And you need to be very firm and very strict because your right. stakeholders don't want to hear it. They don't want to risk it. So I guess if you want to see the glass half full, it means they know that localization matters because they don't want to go without it. But you're like, well, you're always questioning how much it matters. So let's go without it and let's see what happens. So you got to have the guts to pull the plug because pulling the plug shows very clearly that no localization means way lesser in impact in certain markets. And we're not talking about simply the non-English speaking markets. I think this is a perhaps the biggest mistake that people make when pitching localization internally, especially within a B2B space. It's not just people outside of, you know, big spending power markets like the US and the UK and, and Ireland who benefit from localization and are gonna grow as a result. 
what about your top spenders? They may be based in Seattle and have a big budget, but they have customers across the globe. And if you can't provide those localization capabilities, they will seek them elsewhere. So you will grow by investing in those localization capabilities. You will also have an impact on how much the big spenders spend and how much they stick around. And so it's very important because otherwise, if you are the localization owner, there will be people in the business that will try and push you in that corner. You only belong in the non-English corner. This is an English initiative, or this is an American initiative. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think what a lot of our listeners, like on the client side, are struggling with to get to that data is like, whose door do you push? How do you build that sphere of influence you're going to need? And where do you get the data? And it's like those kind of uh, advice and tips of what you've done that is mm-hmm. very useful, I think. Well, you got to be good at building relationships, right? Because right? it's the best way to get someone to to listen and to mm-hmm. care enough to generate an export from a tool you don't have access to. Right. Hey, would you mind giving me that? You can only do it if you've got a good relationship. you you got to map out who has access to what, you know, generally an intranet and a bit of, Chats around the coffee machine come in very handy. But with some people, it doesn't work. With some teams, it really doesn't. And you got to be the bad guy and you got to say, you know, if you don't give me the data, if I don't see what happens and the impact after I send you the translations, I'm just not going to give you the translations. What we did in an earlier phase was pulling the plug and saying, no KPI, no service. You don't want to measure the data? Very good. We're just not going to do it. And that made them give you the data. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, you just got to be able, sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to be the bad guy. And it's, ve- it's something very challenging for localization. Somehow we invest into building this brand to be everybody's friend and buddy and, you know, to be uber available, to be the one always saying yes. Did you feel you you had you needed to have the support of your your management or the VP above even that uh, before you take such a drastic um, you make such a drastic move somehow? I would say rather than asking, you inform the leadership okay. that this is what's going to happen, <laughs> right? And you're like, you, as long as you position it as a strategic move, uh-huh. you're like, it's a means to an end, right? The goal is not not to give localization to those guys. The goal is for them to understand that they need to give me the data. Nothing matters if you can't measure it. You can't throw money at a problem and let it fall into a dark hole. You got to see what happens because otherwise you can't iterate, you can't finesse, you don't know if you're on the right path. You just spend and spend. And so even if you've got really good gut feeling or experience, there's a lot of waste. Yeah. All right. We've come, unfortunately, because it's a great conversation, but we've come to the end of our episode there. But Julia, thank you so much for participating in this podcast. I'm sure there'll be a lot of interest in that episode. Thank you so much. It was great to participate. Thanks for tuning in to Global Ambitions. Subscribe at globalambitions.net or wherever you get your podcasts.